0: Call it.
1: Call it, yes. For what? Just
0: call it. Welcome to episode 53 of Call It Friend, the podcast where two friends watch a film decided by the flip of a coin. This week, myself, Andy G. Richie and my co-host, Annika Tiernan, watched the 2017 comedy drama Brigsby Bear. As always, the podcast contains spoilers for the film right from the start. Check out JustWatch.com for streaming and rental options in your region. You can find us on Instagram at Call of Podcast. Drop us a line there with any feedback or recommendations. Peace!
1: There's magic and wonders and mysteries in store A hero
0: whose mission is to learn and explore He's daring and caring
1: and oh so much more It's briefly Bear
0: Okay, so in this episode, we're going to be talking about Brigsby Bear. Brigsby Bear. But before that, I guess we should do our usual uh, little bitty and talk about what we've been watching. Do you want to go first?
1: I'll go first. It's mostly been a diet of TV, although I'm happy to say that I, uh, after disliking No Time to Die so much, I decided to begin doing what you said you were going to do, and I uh, rewatched Casino Royale um and it's fucking class mm-hmm. i mean it's like it's such a ride of a movie in every sense it's like like it like it might be the best bond film i like it because it definitely definitely is a bond film for sure it's got all the quips and gags and there's a fucking big poker game and a guy with a scarred eye and stuff but it was just a, like yeah it was just post born born supremacy post like nolan had just arrived and everybody was tweaking everything to reality real nine eleven stuff in the air everything everybody wanted something more realistic you got that fantastic scene where the plane blows up which is like like the film feels like it's going to end precisely three times during the film like there's that kind of finale st- action going on fantastic got the parkour guy well, that's the opening. So no, but it's a that's a hell of a fucking opening. That's crazy. That's that chase. It's fantastic. Because I remember that guy
0: at the time. One Who's of my for
1: District Thirteen. Was one it?
0: of my ex girlfriends at the time. Uh, her friend was big in UK parkour, <laughs> and he was on a TV show with that guy. I can't remember his name, but he did a bunch of things because he was in the UK. The 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 like African parkour guy. Or is he French? He's french he's french so he he did a bunch of things like he went to the Millennium Stadium in Cardiff and ran over the roof and then he was on the fourth rail bridge and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I, anyway, I remember back in like two thousand and three, I was vaguely acquainted aware. with the huh. UK parkour scene <laughs>
1: well I, t- I can't watch the, like particularly those extreme climbing videos that to me is that's tougher than a, a, a horror film well like rushing guys on cranes yeah and I can't like watch that. it for very long yeah. it really really freaks me out uh, okay uh, so other uh, thing I've been watching which I thoroughly recommend everybody get on board with I don't know well actually no I'll put in a caveat if you're into Victorian whaling grimness uh, check out the north water which is just this hardcore show about whalers in 1859, Colin Farrell, Stephen Graham, Jack O'Connell, a few others now that aren't popping to my mind so freshly, but I mean, it's a hell of a cast, and, it's, they, and they went very far north, actually, in the North Sea to shoot this, oh. and you can fucking feel the weather in it as well, you know what? There is, although I'll tell you what, fair warning, if you're not into... Um, clubbing seals that yeah there's a whole sequence near the end of the first episode that would uh, firmly categorize this as maybe not for you maybe this is not for you well i this might be for me
0: who or where did they make this or which network or whatever
1: I, I'm not sure where they made it, to be honest. Um, it just I, magically fell in your lap, right? I would, no, it's on Amazon. Okay. It is well, on so Amazon. It's probably Amazon then, huh? Um, no, because it it came out week to week, and they always uh, do the. Oh, no, Amazon do a week to week uh, drop of their content as well, actually. That's how they did the boys. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I could highly, highly recommend that. And uh, that is about that. What about you? Well, apart from still watching The Wire,
0: as I've been doing... Uh, that's what, I've spent a lot of time watching The Wire. I just finished season one now.
1: It's but it's very difficult. Uh, well, it's, it's very, it's it's very, just it's like very Moorish, just like Heron. Just like the Heron they sell, yeah. Cell, yeah. yeah it's There's a, a lot of episodes in the first season, isn't there? 13, there? it's yeah. the
0: longest. I think season four has 13 episodes as well. But it is just, I mean, it, you said you didn't think it was the best TV show ever made. I have a theory episode.
1: that it depends which show you come to first.
0: Okay, fair enough. It's, I, the,
1: it's the Wire or, or The Sopranos. I, I
0: watched The Sopranos first. Oh, really? And, and you prefer I st- The Wire? Yeah,
1: The Wire to me is like,
0: it is a visual novel. I mean, that's a, there's, uh, there's no point even talking about The Wire. <laughs> it's no. It's just, <laughs> for me, it's the best TV show ever anyway. So I've been still watching that. I've I'm probably, I might just go through the whole thing. I might not do your method of one season and
1: then change. I think I might just do the whole thing.
0: We'll see how it goes go for it. Yeah, the, we'll the only it reason goes. that i
1: do it, there's two reasons that I do that really number one, depending on the show, I sometimes feel like when you get that heavy into binging it, um you just it feels like you're not even watching it anymore, you yeah, know? I do feel like I'm living it already yeah. which well even like, like you' you'd notice less things you can you' which yeah i so but this is like the fourth time I've watched the wire well, there you go, so uh, i uh, the if other,
0: anything I'm noticing everything.
1: The other reason, though, is that um, I suppose uh, there's just so much good shit out there <laughs> is, yeah. is, the, is the, the main reason. But uh, well, yeah, Blast Ahead. At the moment, I'm, I'm due to come up on The Wire Season 3. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, I remember you were, a few months ago you finished 2. Yeah,
0: and I love 2. Two's my favorite season. Well, then I'm going to get started on that. But apart from that, I did watch one film. I watched Free Guy. Oh, the Ryan Reynolds-Jodie Comer joint. Exactly. Directed oh, right. by Sean Levy. Of Night of the Museum fame, yeah,
1: that's right. Kind
0: of weird that part—the fact that it's uh, a Sean Levy project because he's not really regarded as a a great comedy director. Let's say it's pretty much by the numbers. This film is—it was really well received, actually. It made My a lot of money. My brother loved it. It made about three hundred million from a about a one hundred million budget.
1: I will say, it its timing of release, I thought was perfect when it came out. Because it was, okay, so everyone thought um, Tenet was the movie that was going to save cinemas. <laughs> Good fucking luck, buddy. But yeah. like, this is exactly for the, this is, this is a casual cinema gore film. Definitely. Do you know what I mean? It's extremely casual. Mm. I felt like
0: it's very similar to the Lego movie. Very similar plot wise. Really? I, I, I mean, Really? I don't know. I it's love the kind of, Lego movie. Yeah, it's like a lot. Le- well, I, I much prefer the Lego movie. I would say this feels a little dated, if anything. Huh. How so? I don't know. Well, apart from its similarity to Lego, I just feel like, like some of the comedy and some of the things that they that they're going for. I'm like, yeah, it's been done before. Or is it feels Ryan Reynolds? Like, it's so like he's the best part. Easily, okay. he's funny. He yeah. is very funny in it.
1: But yeah, re- I would have thought he would have gotten old by now, but he has not. I I I really like him as a presence in yeah, everything. Yeah, no,
0: I th- I thought he was really good, even just with kind of like offhand comments, facial expressions. He he sells a lot of the comedy really really well. So like whenever he's on screen, I would say those are the the strongest parts. But the whole kind of NPC—that's what it's about. It's like Ryan Reynolds is a character in a game and like a, an open world kind yeah, of yeah the and then yeah. it comes and then he gains sentience and then blah 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 it's all kind of matrixy some of the characters are some of the writing is not particularly great some of the dialogue but basically ryan reynolds is always good jody Jodie comer um mm-hmm. she's solid she's playing she's a like, good actress she is a great actress i mean
1: her her accent work is excellent uh, very good in Killing Eve, of course. I'm coming out this Haven't month in Ridley Scott's uh, The Last Duel. Yeah, um, I've read a bit about that.
0: Yeah, um, It seems controversial. I'm really we'll looking forward to yeah, it. Yeah, I heard it's good. It's not, it's,
1: it, like, I heard a, um, it reviewed on the Empire podcast the other day, and it's not at all like I thought it was going to be. I'll put it like that.
0: I, I know the vague act structure and things like that, but yeah, I heard it can be quite confusing for people. Anyway, <laughs> talking about stuff that's not out yet. That was it. Free Guy. I can't, I wouldn't strongly recommend Free Guy. I think it's like you said, it's just, it was a, it's a real casual film goers film. So it's the kind of thing you can put on and not pay a lot of attention to. And you'll, you'll find funny parts clearly, mm. but it's not the it's not the greatest film
1: ever made. It might be
0: Sean Levy's best film though.
1: <laughs> so speaking of things that are fine. Yes. <laughs> How did you come to choose Briggsby Bear? I had never heard of this before. That's funny uh I've heard of it a lot. I've seen a
0: lot of people suggesting it uh online, probably for the fact that it's sentimental positive it has a a very it the premise is really strong. My argument against the film is it doesn't it doesn't use that premise very well, but it's such a harmless like it's a
1: fun experience if there was some sort of a laboratory. Where they took all the genetic material needed to make a Sundance film and put it all in the same petri dish. This is what would emerge. That's funny because this film was bought after
0: it screened at Sundance. A fucking course it was. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even done my research on that,
1: but come on, like a fucking course it was.
0: Yeah, I, I There's a lot of beautiful shots. Uh, the music from David David Wingo's very nice. There, there was, was a time
1: I would have been bowled over by this. Absolutely. I would have loved it. But that time was when I was probably about 16 or 17.
0: I guess. I can't even recall. Can you think of any examples of something that you saw at that age that you really liked and then later you maybe turned on a little?
1: Plenty. Um, I probably at some point vaguely liked that uh, film Garden State, I would say. Oh, God. Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, okay, fair enough. I think I
0: was sort of moderate on that when it came out, and then I began to hate it. But yeah, you're right. When you're younger, you can look at Garden State, and not necessarily that it's meaningful, but you can tolerate it.
1: Well, you don't have as much of a refined palate, is, right. the, is the thing with things like that. It's kind of like... Um... I don't know, you know, I got into Radiohead when I was younger, and all of a sudden uh, I liked everything Radiohead did, and now years later, and I've listened to enough music, I can kind of go, actually, I kind of think that one album is shit, for example. Which one? Which uh, Radiohead album I think is shit. I'm not not big on Kid A, Amnesiac, uh, those two. I think there's good songs on there. Mm. But, for example, there's an interlude song called Tree Fingers on Kid A that's fucking almost three minutes long, and it's just a drone. I'm like, Fuck off, guys! You're you're like even the weird album, King of Limbs. I really like King of Limbs. I think there's good songs on it, good melodies and shit like that. Anyway, <laughs> around the time the Kid A came out, I mean, I remember that uh, Radiohead
0: off of the back of OK Computer were basically being celebrated as the best band ever in the history of all time. And they
1: wanted to flat out reject that, I suppose.
0: Yeah, yeah, they kind of, they went another way, but the music press still basically said this is the best thing that's ever been produced. Mm. I like the idea of those albums, but again, I will never go back and listen to them.
1: I listen to tracks from them here and there, but anyway, no, I do think that's actually an appropriate analogy because then you you get to refine your taste. And this is, okay, so... uh, Frigby Bear, it's a certain species of fish-out-of-water film that has been done many times before. It's actually, let, let me try and list the elements. Okay. You, you tell me I'm missing every, anything. So first of all, you've got a bit of Doctor Who in there. Because For the cheesy TV series? Yes, that is Doctor Who, mm-hmm. pretty much. And Doctor Who is not much better than it. Um, I don't like Doctor Who. Me um, neither. Okay, so you've got elements of Doctor Who in there, then of course, people would name check probably the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, but the original for this kind of thing is um, Hal Ashby's film, Being There with Peter Sellers. I don't know if you've ever seen that. No, Way so is, is that
0: similar that he like grew up in a bunker or something? Or his He was a gardener
1: for an old lady in a big house, and he never left that house, ah. and he just viewed the world through television. Mm-hmm. And then she died one day, and he just wanders out, and yeah. Um, he yeah, plays Chancey Gardner, so that is the the real DNA. I've I do not There's probably something before that with it because it's a it's an interesting way to structure a film. To be fair, uh, somebody encountering the world for the first time. Then I would, of course, Son of Rambo has a big part of it, and of course, um, I haven't room. seen Son of Rambo. Room.
0: What's the Son of Rambo connection?
1: Well, I haven't seen Son of Rambo either. I would like to stress that, but I know <laughs> I know Son of Rambo is about. Um, a boy striving to... Oh, like to...
0: the VHS, like remaking. Yeah, remaking. Yeah. Is... I guess there's a few things like that, like some of the Michel Gondry things. Well, one in particular, the... Be um, Be Kind Rewind, Be kind, uh, rewind yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, again, um, was another thing with a great premise, but yeah. it's a film that I really didn't like at all. No,
1: nor I but yeah big parts of room which is a, a much better film than this <laughs> yes <much> better. <laughs> well that's i that's again is one of the arguments against brigsby
0: bear that i would make is like it's got this great premise but it never pays off
1: any of the stuff with the parents the no. kidnapping parents the fake parents i can't think of a film i back and forth it on more times during its runtime
0: and it's a short runtime, which yeah, yeah. thankfully 90 something minutes, it's a perfect runtime. Enjoying About it, one not hour.
1: enjoying it, enjoying it, not enjoying it, laughed, that's stupid, that kind of stuff, the whole way.
0: I, I thought it was like, it certainly moved along quite quickly. I was happy enough watching it, but about one hour into the film, I, 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 looked, at the, I looked at the timer and saw there was 30 minutes to go. Mm. And I was like, 30 minutes to go? We haven't done anything. Yeah. Like, nothing's happened. Like, how are you going to tie this story up in 30 minutes to, and have anything, like,
1: meaningful? It'll be interesting to get into the, how that's structured when we talk about plot. Mm. Uh, what, what did you know about uh, our friend Kyle Mooney beforehand? Very little. I'd seen a few of his
0: sketches from. So he was in a group called Good Neighbor, a sketch group that was him, uh, Beck Bennett, Nick Rutherford, and Dave McCary. Mm. And they all met at USC and formed this sketch group that uh, it finally turned into this thing called Good Neighbor. Uh, I watched some of their sketches. They're all on YouTube. Any good? Uh, uh, it's stuff that's kind of it's date you know you can imagine sketch comedy from 10 years ago some of it is like on topics that i'm sure they'd get in shit for nowadays
1: but <laughs> that's uh, gas isn't it like even yes. even somebody meek like yeah, Kyle, absolutely
0: uh, absolutely that's the funniest Jesus. part is like he seems like the least offensive person ever and yet some of the sketches that they did are probably dodgy now but I just think I think they're fine. Um, they got a lot of praise back in the day from Louis C.K. Steven Spielberg was a fan as well because they did a parody of Hook. I'll as put that one of fact, in the show notes.
1: um I heard that Steven Spielberg said that their sketches was one of the five sketches that he could connect with. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, there was a three idiot sketch that he enjoyed. <laughs> Uh, this only makes sense if you listen to every episode, uh, <laughs> so go back and listen to the Three Idiots episode. You can that, see
1: for that part alone, I will say it's worth listening because yeah. we got to hear just an Indian newspaper yeah, just make something up. <laughs> so anyway, all four of those
0: guys from the Good Neighbor Sketch group ended up getting hired by SNL in 2013 fair enough uh kyle mooney's the you only don't one follow that snl generally no you? no, no,
1: no. I me mean neither so I don't, I don't know what era that was or anything 20,
0: i don't know but mooney's the only one who still works there him and beck bennett were featured players yeah appeared... rutherford came on as a writer and dave mccrary who's the director of brigsby bear he was hired as a segment director
1: he appeared, he did um, the odd segment on um sports show with Norm Macdonald. Right, I, um, I, I read actually, a little about it's, that. It very funny, actually. Are uh, those
0: kind of like man-on-the-street type interviews?
1: Yeah, but the, he's like... Uh, he's supposed to be Norm's nephew and he's just, he's terrible at making them and he's a terrible interviewer. And um, they're, they're very funny. Actually, there's one where he interviews a bunch of basketball players. There's another one where he tries to discover why Korean women are so good at golf. It's, it's good. It's good. Those are really worth watching. I
0: love one of the sketches I enjoyed. It's probably from about 2007 or 2008. It's basically, so Cal Mooney's is like a college roommate of one of them. And he's says that he's not gay. (laughs) <laughs> and then <laughs> a series of things happen that, that make you question that premise uh,
1: uh, I, yeah, I, I like yeah, that I already you, I think you'll like that <laughs> you, will,
0: you will like that one, we, we can watch that after the podcast, <laughs> it's worth
1: watching <laughs> I, I just love that as a beginning premise yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, this,
0: this film was uh, produced by Lord and Miller I saw and the Lonely Island guys and it
1: has DNA from both I'd say yeah they all but not enough from either
0: yes agreed i would agree with that it just it's fine but it, it just doesn't go far enough for me this film it just it's like you're saying of mooney being very meek that's how it feels to me is like not having the balls to go for something which is weird because the concept of the film seems to be i mean the, how i read the film is this that it's like you should make art for yourself And don't really worry about the feedback of what other people say. That's how I read it. So I'm surprised that I'm surprised in a way that it didn't go harder in any direction.
1: Yeah, I think it was maybe a bit too attached to its quirkiness. Mm. Let's say. And also there like I don't know. There are certain moves that the plot makes that really uh, it just throws the message into. Uh, I don't know. how, Do you know what? I, I listened to an interview the other day with uh, Jim Cummings. You know the guy who made Thunder Road, um, and the short film, the amazing short film. If you haven't seen it, you've got to check it out. Uh, which which one? Thunder film. Road. Um, it is the premise of the short film. You should you should go in pretty almost blind, but I'll tell you the premise of the short film is a guy is doing the eulogy for at his mother's funeral. Oh, this sounds familiar. It's fantastic. It's absolutely brilliant. And he's got a new film coming out soon called The Beta Test. And uh, his, I was, in this interview, he was saying, like, you know, there because of the big row that there was with the WGA recently, uh, between the WGA and agencies, fees for scripts and stuff, a lot of people are tr- starting to work outside the system. And a lot of people with digital releases and stuff are figuring that films don't need to be your minimum 90 minutes. Now, let me say this for Brigsby Bear. Brigsby Bear didn't, probably didn't need to be the length it was, even. It had the air of a good short film, and yeah, the, the, I feel it really crashes when it tries to add elements to it that would be, you know, regular structuring or whatever. You know? Because it's a character piece. It's about your man. It doesn't need to have the beats and, and so forth going through it. Um, And the one beat in particular is just fucking so dumb. But anyway, we'll yeah, get to that. Like, tonally, it's it feels strange
0: because it's extremely sentimental. Mm-hmm. But then, some of the com- like some of the comedy, Mooney's playing that style of almost like an Andy Samberg level of yeah. being really, really stupid. Yeah, sometimes, and it just
1: doesn't like that doesn't fit with the tone. To me. no, uh, because they're not able to be mean about it. Yes. Um. And uh, did it make you laugh ever?
0: Yeah, from time to time. I can't not, but more. Can yeah, you remember why? I remember some of, some of it, like when he's talking to the. I, he's supposed to be like twenty four, and he gets jerked off by like a high school girl. That <laughs> is w- that the thing that's, that sits wrong with you? No, no, but that did sit wrong <laughs> with me. I was like, "What? What? That? Why did they have to do that?" That was weird. That's weird because. Uh, <laughs> It, well the, the one part that made me laugh was just when they were talking about it later on and he's saying like i don't need to marry you and then he he says to her if you ever want to do any of that stuff again and she's like no way and he goes okay and just walks hmm. that made me laugh is like okay and just walking away i laughed I he when he that um wrong.
1: he said to the police uh sorry and sorry to
0: america I thought that yeah. was funny. Yeah, he has a few little lines like that, but they don't really make a lot of sense in the context of the could character. Could be a lot
1: better. It could have more Lord, more Miller, and yeah, more yeah, uh, Lonely yeah. Island sensibilities, yeah. and it could have been a proper comedy. Directed by Lord and Miller, starring Andy
0: Samberg. There we go. <laughs> I'm watching the
1: script. <laughs> I'm watching. Garrett and Mooney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah He's yeah. fine. He's
0: totally fine, but... He's
1: grand, yeah. As is, as is everybody else. What about the cast for this fucking film? Well that's the power of SNL. If you're Jesus on SNL Christ. you can get whoever you want.
0: Shall we talk Do a you? little bit real? about the cast? Well, that's how it's kind of uh written up around the place is like, well, because Mooney wrote this film and you know got it made while working at SNL, he was able to attract people like Claire Danes, Mark Hamill, Greg Kinnear. Solid, uh, solid actors.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. That was just that was just a mystery to me. Andy Samberg pops up. I suppose yeah, that's less surprising. That one, yeah, he's
0: a producer on the film. But it's uh, it was really well received. This film, extremely like, but you know when you go to Rotten uh, Tomatoes, you see that the positive reviews are kind mm. of like three out of five. Yeah, which is one of the you know it's like eighty six percent positive or something. But what constitutes a positive review? is not actually that positive our favorite reviewer peter bradshaw of the guardian gave the film two out of five stars oh and says as the film unwinds to a sentimental anticlimax, its potential is unfulfilled so hmm. a broken clock and all that
1: yeah nail on head there Al well peter, done, i would say i would probably land at the same place i would say two yeah. stars for it yeah
0: i think that's I, that sums up my feelings it's a sentimental anticlimax, and they've, they've wasted a great premise to an extent. Shall we fire into the cast? let Got nothing to say about Kyle Mooney. He seems fine. Yeah, fuck him. Uh, Claire Danes plays Emily, the therapist. Doesn't deserve such high billing, but fair play to her agent. No,
1: yeah, yeah. I was wondering, did I miss her? (laughs) Like, and then she arrived near the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Claire Danes first made famous by what? My so-called life, then Romeo and Juliet, Homeland. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's still doing well for herself.
0: There's one thing from her bio that I really liked. Since 1998, Danes remains banned from the Philippines, and her films also remain banned in the region. The bank came after Dane said Manila, capital of the country, smelled of cockroaches with rats all over and that there's no sewage system and the people do not have anything. No arms, no legs, no eyes. Dane's later (laughs) apologised.
1: That's quite a statement.
0: <laughs> Danes later apologized for those <laughs> remarks, but the Filipino authorities refused to lift the ban. That's, how mad is that, that Claire Danes is in a war against the Philippines, oh, the entire is, nation of the Philippines?
1: That's crazy. Oh, my God. Imagine, uh, imagine she tried to get in one time. <laughs> she would get killed there, clearly. Like, they would execute her. Is it that kind of
0: place? Yeah, what's his name? Duterte, that dude? He's he's a bit of a bad guy. He's a bad one. Uh next up Mark Hamill. Yeah. Ted Mitchum. He was quality. He was. He's yeah. outstanding. He's a great actor. He is, yeah. I'd he's agree. kind of been screwed over by Star Wars a bit.
1: Uh yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Cuz he but went he into all like the a very voice happy guy. He whenever. does seem very happy. Yeah, yeah, he did it with, like most famously the Joker in the animated yeah. Batman series. Um but yeah, he he seems just hilariously happy whenever you see him interviewed or anything like that. And yeah, I, but he is very good in this.
0: Yeah, I think he's really, really good. Uh, I saw one thing from his bio that was surprising. Hamill's father was a U.S. Navy captain. Leading to the family moving around constantly, Mark completed his senior year of high school in Japan while his father was stationed at Yokosuka Naval Base in Yokohama. I did not know that. Yeah, he's uh, he's part Japanese. <laughs> that's, that's what you get for going to school there for a year. Ah, right. That makes okay. you part Japanese. There's a famous story about how Mark Hamill came to be in Star Wars. It was due to Robert England, old Freddy Krueger. Really? Yeah. Robert England was auditioning for a role in Apocalypse Now when he walked across the hall where auditions were taking place for George Lucas' is Star Wars. After watching the auditions for a while, he realized that Hamill, his friend, would be perfect for the role of Luke Skywalker.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, so thanks sound, to Freddy Krueger. Sound Freddy Krueger, yeah. Yeah,
0: that's why... Uh, Han- An icon was made. Here. Did not know that. Greg Kinnear as Detective Vogel. He's
1: always good. He is always good. I I think maybe it's just an Empire podcast thing. Maybe it's on other media. I would call him a 27 percenter. What's that? He's just guaranteed to make your movie 27 percent better. (laughs) He's solid. He's really good in this. Uh, He's good at comedy. He's very good at comedy. He's a good comedian, yeah. He's got that kind of uh, Jason Bateman energy yes, about him. Yes, absolutely. Maybe Jason Bateman has Greg Kinnear energy. That's, so that's another true terrific, statement. Terrific um, in uh, Little Miss Sunshine.
0: Oh, yeah. that's Great quite comic a, performance mm. in that. Uh, Greg Kinnear is the son of a diplomat. He grew up in cities such as Athens and Beirut. Ah, there a you bit go. of a running theme going so on he's, here. he's part Greek, part... Lebanese. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: didn't know that about him. And Claire Danes is minus Filipino. <laughs> yeah,
0: Claire Danes has no Filipino arms, no no Filipino legs and no Filipino <laughs> eyes. What a statement. That's yeah. crazy. I've just chosen a few people at random from the cast. I think everyone is solid, but Andy Samberg is Eric. His real name is David A.J. Samberg. But when he was five, he told his parents he wanted to change his name to Andy.
1: So <laughs> all, all the cool kids are doing it. Do you know... Um, uh, personal anecdote. So, of course, you don't know it, but... uh, Yeah, I know all your personal anecdotes. My, no, my mother told me when we were all kids, um so there's was, was five kids in my family, when my my parents' fourth child was born, my younger sister, Deirdre, uh, her name was, like, they named her Deirdre, and then, like, she was a week old, and my mum decided she wanted to call her Roshin. And then my mum said, uh, t- told us, now this is baby Roshin now, and apparently we all cried and said we wanted baby Deirdre back. So my mum said, fine, fuck it, and her name's Deirdre.
0: You should call her Roshin, or Andy, how about that? Andy, yeah, yeah, well, she wanted Andy. Yeah, everyone wants to be called Andy, that's why I heard. Andy Samberg grew up in the Bay Area and went to elementary school with Chelsea Peretti. His future Brooklyn Nine Nine co-star. Oh yes, yes, she's that uh, very old comedian. Yeah, and her brother Jonah's the guy who co-created BuzzFeed and Huffington Post, basically trying to end the world. <laughs> the evil Jonah Peretti, enemy of humanity. Uh, Andy Sandberg married uh, harpist Joanna Newsom in 2013. That's right. Yeah, friend of
1: friend of a friend. She is. Friend of a friend, yes. I believe she's a friend of Dan Gutierrez, that's right? That's correct. Yeah, that's yeah. correct. You so like that's... Joanna Newsom?
0: I do. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of her music. Yeah, I... And she's quality.
1: I've I listened to her when she first appeared on... I don't think I've listened to anything beyond her first album, but I did think that was excellent.
0: Speaking of music, the composer for this film is David Wingo, who was a composer for on a lot of indie projects like films by David Gordon Green and uh, David Nichols. He's got a band that's one of my favorite bands of all time. They're called Ola Podrida. Oh, P O D R I D A. Yeah, it's one of my favorite bands. He he put out three albums in the kind of mid two thousands to his last album was twenty thirteen. But I, I heartily recommend it. It's kinda of, he's he's a Texan guy. It's sort of alt rock ish mm. playing the guitar and being miserable.
1: I'll give that a go. That sounds good. That sounds like good walking I
0: heartily recommend, especially the first two albums. The third one's weaker, but the first two albums are quality. So check out Ola Podrida.
1: In my own music this week, I'd like to recommend something that I've stumbled onto, which is a playlist, some almost, I don't know, many thousands of songs long by uh, the DJ Fortet. Okay, Kieran uh, Kieran Hebden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's just if, you're, if you if you genuinely have to be into just insane music. So it's a nice mix of there's some just obscure pop music on it, a lot of reggae stuff on there as well, and a lot of just insane sound collage stuff. But I'm generally into that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I don't know where to find it. And he's a very good um, yeah curator.
0: I was a I was a big fan of his back when he was uh, a member of Fridge.
1: That's right, he was a member of yeah, Fridge. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah. That's where he started yeah. out.
0: And then Fortet, some quality albums as well there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Check, but out, the, check out Kieran Hebden, a.k.a. Fortet. It's that playlist,
1: is that's all I've been listening to. Just put it on shuffle play and walk around. It's great. Nice. Going back to the
0: cast, next up is Matt Walsh, who plays Greg Pope, the real father of Kyle Mooney's character. Mm-hmm. Where do I know him from? Matt Walsh is a founding member of UCB. The Upright Citizens Brigade Improv Theater. I'm not
1: aware of this. You know them. UCB.
0: Do I? Yeah, they're so it's uh, it's well, it's one of the, 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 the most famous improv theater and group uh, owned and set up by Amy Poehler, Matt Walsh, and Roberts and Matt Besser. No, no, I don't okay. think so. No. Oh my god, how do you not know UCB? Uh, I recommend watching the pilot of ASCAT, the UCB improv show is probably from about 20 years ago now. It's on YouTube. It's got uh, Amy Poehler, Matt Besser, Tina Fey, a bunch of other people. I'll put the link in the show notes. I'm not the biggest fan of improv, but this particular show, I, I've watched it about five times. It's, it's quality.
1: Ask Cat, the pilot. I'll Ask check it out. Ask Cat. That's like a... That's... Uh,
0: I don't. I think they might still do it. It's like a kind of weekly improv show that they used to do at UCB
1: in New York. Because I am not a huge fan of improv either, I yeah. confess. I've never enjoyed it whenever I've seen it live. But I, I, to be honest, there are far more talented and funny people than me who are very much into it and got their start in it. So I'd be, I'd be fully willing to say I've just never been to a good improv show. I think there's that. I mean, I think improv
0: can be anything i've seen some awful awful things where nothing clicked and then i've seen like works of genius but then you wonder how much of it's actually improv some of it's kind of falling back into routines
1: and to hear somebody you if you hear the right interview like to hear somebody like bill Hader talking about improv uh, who i just generally really respect and mm-hmm. like bill Hader. Uh, i think he's great and everything um, and just to hear him, him break down the craft and talk about it with passion and um, how enjoyable it is to, to do, let alone to watch, is, um, you know, that'll convince you. Yeah, for me, improv is like sushi. I just, I'm sure I, I'm sure it's, it's nice. J- I've just not tried the nice stuff yet. It's Japanese.
0: It's, it's part it's Japanese. It's, Jap- right it's part Camel. Japanese, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Last person I wanted to highlight in the cast is Jane Addams, who plays April Mitchum, the fake mother. The reason oh, for yes, that yes, yes, yes. the reason for that is just to shout out because we were talking about happiness
1: in the last episode. Oh, is she in happiness?
0: She is. Poor she's uh she's the one who ends up with Jared Harris. Do you remember Jared Harris like nope. Jared Harris uh, it plays like a Russian student? Because I, I, I quote Jared Harris all the time from that film where he... From we, Happiness. Yeah, when he speaks about Russia, he goes, fuck the cunt of
1: Russia. <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, man, yeah, honestly, John Spillane's recent, uh, recent passion, re, enemy of the show, John Spillane's recent passionate reaction to happiness makes me want to go revisit it. I remember watching
0: it like back when it came out, kind of, more or less. So that's like 98 or something. But yeah, that, that Jared Harris line stuck with me. She plays, she's one of the main characters in it. Um, I like her. I like Jane Addams. She's fine in this, but she's got nothing to do. She gets sidelined really badly because they, yeah. stick, they stick with Mark Hamill's character. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. The, you never see her again. Kind of fake mum. They're just like, all right, hit the bricks, lady that's it those are the only other people I wanted to highlight from the cast Nick Nick Rutherford uh, from the Good Neighbor group he's in it as well he's the like excited person in the supermarket or the big shop who who meets Kyle Mooney's character mm-hmm. and is like oh my god I saw your videos he's one of the other guys from their sketch group Okay, also on yeah. SNL but yeah that's it there's there's good people Tim Heidecker plays a coach in the uh, film that they go to see you remember that Went over my head completely. Yeah, they go to the cinema. Anyway, that's it. It's a now, solid they cast. The cinema, they've, yeah, they've, they've got great people. There's good people throughout. Shall we move into the plot? Let's. James is forced to live in an underground bunker with his parents, Ted and April Mitchum. While Ted tells James that the outside world is dangerous, he often is seen by James leaving the bunker with a gas mask on. Did um, I must ask, did you have any idea of the plot going in? Within about the first minute or so... I, w- I was kind of like, okay, yeah, I guess this is a fake bunker type thing. Like, you ever
1: seen the film Dog Tooth? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dog yeah, Tooth in there Yeah, similar. As well.
0: I mean, that's a more realistic take on things. Yes, pro- yes, probably. yes. But I, I, the thing I liked about the bunker here was the animals outside, like the fake animals. <laughs> <laughs> Got like a robot fox and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. James is fascinated with an educational children's show titled Brigsby Bear, centred around the title Bear helping characters escape from trouble because it's the only show he owns and is allowed to watch. One night, he sneaks out only to see several police cars approach the home. As the police raid the bunker, James is taken away from Ted and April, who are arrested. Yep. So there we go. We've got a great premise.
1: Yeah. Um. And I'm to be honest, I, I, I immediately kind of started taking it seriously because immediately um, Mark Hamill appeared and I was like, what? Who? What? What's this guy doing here? Um, And yeah, yeah, there we go.
0: And they don't delve into any of the interesting things that are going on. Like they're trying to raise him to be a scientist, it feels like. Mm. He's solving equations, but I guess the equations could be bullshit. It seems like the equations are fake. So it's yeah. just all nonsense. But Mark Hamill's character is supposed to be like a college professor. mm. They're, they do like the weird handshake after dinner, yeah. which seems to only be set up for the later joke of him going like, yeah, they touched me like this and then shaking hands like pretty much. That yeah. seems to be the only reason. So some of these things are set up for nothing, really. That's what the, that's again, going back is my biggest problem with this film. It just doesn't pay anything off. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, it's not great. James is brought to the police station and meets Detective Vogel, who tells James that Ted and April are not his real parents and that he's been held captive since he was a baby. Vogel then introduces James to his real parents, Greg and Louise Pope, and their teenage daughter, Aubrey. <sighs> Even, I, again, all of this is... I get, uh, this is setting the
1: tone a little bit because it feels so fake. I just wonder why... Like, I mean, would they... Here's my question. When you're making something like this, do, do you, does no part of you want to put the brakes on because it's been done so many times? I don't know, I think they, they've written this
0: <laughs> it feels like he's you know, uh, the script is written by Kyle Mooney and uh, Kevin Costello who are their childhood friends. I feel like they just wrote something it seems because of Mooney's cachet of being on SNL they were yeah. able to get something made even though it feels like a, a kind of an extended short film
1: because particularly okay the it's it is room through and through but room i genuinely think is a fucking masterpiece yeah I room think it's an, is a great film it's an amazing film and whenever like it just happened to me when the he meets his real parents for example it's like when she, he meets the grandparents in room mm. and like every time there was a, such a specific echo of that film while watching this i was just wishing i was watching room yeah, well, I mean, they're very, very different films, of course, but I would
0: much rather watch Room, even though it's darker and more troubling. I'd mm. say it's, you know, it's a very hopeful film too, though, I found, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. It, it, makes me, no, w- it makes me hopeful that one day I'll be able to have a dungeon of my own <laughs> if I work hard enough. <laughs> Having trouble adapting to his new life, James visits a psychologist named Emily, who informs James that Brigsby Bear is not real and was made by Ted, a former artist and designer who disappeared with his wife in 1987. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, that doesn't really do anything for us or the plot. Emily no. explains that the police tracked Ted from the studio where the show was made after he was spotted by a passerby days prior. Realizing that no one else will continue the story, James comes up with the idea to make a movie based on the character to close the series. His ideas, the storyboards that he comes up with, that feels like it could be interesting, because it's obviously yes. mirroring his experience of being freed from his parents. Yes, yeah, but yeah, for
1: sure. Like, that looks
0: interesting, if it was a more serious film, almost.
1: Yeah, but it doesn't feel like at any point he comes to grips with actually
0: what happened to no. him. Because it's, those elements are still played for laughs. Yeah. And not that well. One night, Aubrey takes James to a party. He meets Aubrey's friend Spencer and later starts talking about Brisby Bear to his new friends. He starts production after Vogel, who sympathizes with James through Vogel's own early acting dreams, lends James some props from the show, and Spencer, being a filmmaker, agrees to make the movie with him. I was kind of surprised, I guess the relationship between James and Spencer is, that's kind of setting the tone of the film that it's nice and friendly yes because i was 100 percent expecting the kids at the party to turn on him and be yeah, like yeah, for sure <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah especially after he gets jerked off by like a 17 year old oh, and then runs unpleasant. away and then drops acid and passes out has a he starts uh tripping balls tripping mm. major ball sack yeah, so there's some there's some questionable stuff going on. He's supposed to be 24, but in reality, he was probably about 33. At For the sure, end yeah, filming. yeah, yeah.
1: And that girl, Alexi Demi, she's like been. a teenager yeah, because yeah. she was in Euphoria. She,
0: she's also in uh, mid 90s that I watched very recently. Well, the Jonah she's, Hill film. Yeah, she's the one. She similarly uh, has like a, a sexual experience with the uh main character who in that case is like a 10 year old boy or something yeah wow she yeah, doesn't so that, she never that's goes her right down the
1: middle that alexi to me and i have i mean
0: i haven't watched that tv series <laughs> but i imagine you know to look at her though she looks <laughs> like Euphoria, every girl i've met from similar. los angeles mm, well that's probably why she gets cast in these things there you go Spencer also advertises the movie by uploading episodes of Brigsby Bear to YouTube, where it gains popularity in a new audience. Greg and Louise do not approve of James's activities because they fear it hinders his chances of living a normal life.
1: Okay, so here we go, and then there's one other thing beyond this. Yeah, I it was such a small movie. I, I now feel bad doing this kind of kicking, but what can I say? I watch a lot of movies, and certain things bother me. The, the two crises in, that come up in this film are so contrived. Um, and just just poorly conceived, and I don't believe in them at all. Like, why does it bother his parents, you know, that he's making this movie? Why?
0: Yeah, just to serve as the plot, not to serve yeah, as yeah, character. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, they eventually come around anyway. Ugh, yeah, I'm not a fan of that either. While filming in a forest, James uses an explosive he made for a scene that detonates surprising Spencer. The group is arrested, but James takes the blame for it. The police release him, but confiscate the Brigsby Bear props once again.
1: Oh, but also, let's run back over that part. Um, (laughs) Were the police just there? (laughs) Yes, within like having a coffee and then in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. In like Utah, somewhere out in the desert, basically, they blow something up, and then the police immediately
1: appear. It's, if they were going if they fully had the tone of something like a uh, be kind rewind that sort of should be acceptable but this film almost seems based in the real life at times
0: what about that part though because they it's like they're trying to create conflict between yeah, james yeah. and spencer yeah, yeah, and it's then completely it's completely contrived there's no conflict, but there's no conflict whatsoever spencer's like ah, oh, that was kind of annoying and they're immediately you see them very soon again they're friends there's there is no conflict there's no real conflict in the film at all. Who's the no, baddie but, in this?
1: But they tried to put it in there, and it's like, okay, th- something like this could really take lessons off of uh, something like uh, Ted Lasso. Mm-hmm. Because every time you feel like, because your your brain is so, um, I, I don't know, in the groove of expecting your conflict your conflict beats in certain moments, that when you're watching, okay, something like Ted Lasso, or indeed something like this, okay, uh, you're going, okay, it's around this time in the movie there's going to be a bit of conflict where what something like Ted Lasso does is would tease you with that, but then show allow something to happen that's much more in line with the characters that they've developed. you know what I mean yeah um and uh, yeah the, no but this film goes the other way with it.
0: James takes his parents' car one night to steal the costumes and props. He takes a detour first to his old underground home, now abandoned and cordoned off with yellow tape. That feels very sundance yes <laughs> going and just kind of sitting on his on his old house with beautiful nice david wingo music in the soundtrack and nice vistas across utah
1: and also directly lifted again from room where they go back to room <laughs> but anyway
0: james stops by a diner and discovers whitney an actress he recognizes from brigsby bear that scene with the, in the diner again feels like it could go somewhere else should go somewhere else but mm. it ends with him doing a kind of again Andy Sandberg type uh, routine of like, and by the way, I love you. Yeah,
1: but doesn't he smooch her in the end?
0: In the film. Yeah. Yeah, I mean in the film that they make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Only in the film that they make, right? I don't not in the actual not in the film that we watch.
1: Yeah. Anyway.
0: She tells him that she never knew the true circumstances behind the side acting job, having been told by Ted that it was for Canadian public access. As the police arrive outside, (laughs) James asks Whitney to reprise her role for his film and admits that he has had a long-time crush on her. We do see him jerking off earlier at the start of the film. He's looking at her poster on the wall. Yeah, that's right. On the door and uh, decides to bash one out. Fair play. James is placed in a mental institution, which... Seems to me as the, like, let's introduce Andy Samberg element of the film. Yeah. There's no other reason for that. Yeah. Nothing. There's no reason.
1: I don't know. I know it's very, like, kind of fluffy stuff, but it just feels like a lot of people should have known better, doesn't
0: it? A little bit here. This is is not coming across well. Meanwhile, Aubrey shows her parents parts of the movie, where the two realize that making the movie allowed him to spend time with his friends. One night James breaks out to the institution to grab his belongings. I enjoyed the breaking out thing. He's yes. like, I've got a plan. And yeah, then the yeah, TV yeah, yeah. comes yeah. crashing out the window. I laughed at that, yes. That's that's a quality joke. I mean, that's just that is, good that's joke. a good gag. Yeah, it's a, it's a good visual gag. I feel again, it feels very kind of like lonely island-ish almost. Really. Yeah,
1: yeah, and you just wish there was more of them in the yeah, in the film. Yeah, yeah.
0: So yeah, so one night James breaks out of the institution to grab his belongings but discovers his family along with Spencer and Vogel building a Briggsby bear set in their garage. The family tells him that they had agreed to help out after seeing how happy he was behind the scenes. So again, all the conflict is completely resolved. Everyone's Mm. on board. They're all making
1: films together. And Greg Kinnear is there, of course. Yeah,
0: he's great. James finishes the movie with Vogel and Whitney in lead roles and visits an incarcerated Ted who apologizes for abducting him. So that's supposed to be the, the big payoff to that. Yeah. Is just going and seeing Mark Hamill and being like... Yeah. I mean, uh, there's, there's nothing, there's no resolution there.
1: Yeah. Uh, I can't... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Do sorry, Calmini, I apologise. All the people in this film are doing fine. So Absolutely. fuck it, I can say it. I, thought it. I thought it was shite. I, did, I thought there was r- good potential in it, but uh, yeah. Disappointing. Yeah, I mean, and... The, pff, just decide what you are first of all. I think there's many ways. That, I think sort of the tone of like a Paddington movie, Paul King doing it, could have worked that yeah. way. Could have worked uh, Lonely Island farce with yeah. way more gags. Yeah, you know, could have yes. even worked like going quite dark. Yes, but just decide. Be agreed, something.
0: Agreed. It needed to take a stronger, I needed to choose one of those options. James tells Ted about the movie and states that they are having trouble getting the voices right. Ted helps him out by recording the voiceovers for Brigsby and other characters. It's great seeing Mark Hamill yes. go into voice acting. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. realize like, fuck, he's one of the, he's one of the goats of uh, yeah, the voice yeah, yeah, acting Yeah, for sure.
1: Game. He's quality. That's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, that that, that bit, the way it, jumps, it just jumps into yeah, it. he just um, goes
0: straight into characters.
1: I'm immediately thinking of, um, what, have you ever watched any of the interviews with uh, the other Jim Cummings, uh, the famous voice actor who does Winnie the Pooh? Uh, he does all the characters <laughs> on Winnie the Pooh. It's just funny. Yeah, if you yeah, ever yeah. Look up, I it, like
0: watching those things of yeah. like Family Guy or Simpsons voice actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you they know, just jump yeah, into it. Yeah, they yeah do. It's, it's, it's so weird. It's, it's very so weird. It's very cool to see. It's very It's very surreal. On premiere night the show is sold out and James is worried that no one will like it so he stays out of the theater while the movie plays after it concludes James walks into the theater and is met with a standing ovation while being embraced by his family James notices a real life Brigsby on stage the pair nod at each other and Brigsby disappears What's
1: that uh, It's just dumb
0: mental illness something like What's that, that yeah tripping tripping balls I don't know again.
1: yeah it's kind of completing an arc or something like that <sighs> um, I don't like that bit no, no, I didn't like that either. And once again, it reminded me of another film that I wish I, I had been watching, which was um, Dolomite Is My Name. Have you seen that? I haven't seen that. I saw oh, it was it's...
0: very well received and people I loved were talking about Eddie Murphy's performance.
1: I want to watch that again, actually. That's so, so enjoyable.
0: I will definitely
1: seek that out. Speaking of
0: Room, this has similarities to the film that James Franco made about The Room.
1: Oh, The Disaster yeah. Artist.
0: Yeah, I suppose it would. Similar kind of ending here of having the big screening of the shite film. Yeah, <laughs> and everyone sure. going like, "Hey, actually, it's all great. It's good, and we love you. You're a genius." It's a very similar
1: ending. The disaster artist. I think
0: they came out in this, you know, they both came out in 2017.
1: You see, when they're when they're watching um, the the film, the Briggsby Bear film, and the cinema at the end, I was just I could not help but feel like, okay. So I mentioned this at the start. A few years ago, I went to see Adam Green. And how long do you think a concert's going to be generally
0: uh like ninety minutes talk. ninety I minutes would say. right so like what, a film
1: what Adam Green did where was this?
0: is this in Barcelona?
1: Yeah, it was in the area of Apollo, but not Apollo, oh, okay, a small place like that, and uh what Adam Green did was he played his kind of uh, Aladdin in Brooklyn sort of film before oh, it God. um which was all you know put together with like you know paper sets and shit like that Macaulay Culkin's in it it's a whole big wank fest
0: this is my that's why I've
1: chosen for next week by the way that's my toss pick What Aladdin, in Brooklyn. Yeah, Aladdin in Brooklyn um, like it's a Scottish ev- film honestly I was like falling asleep in the front row so was Belen um, and then we were, like I would occasionally look around heaps more people were can you imagine doing that to your fans
0: that does seem slightly out of uh, out of order it was very out of order it
1: didn't say Just it on the fucking tell, ticket yeah,
0: tell people when to arrive for the yeah, show yeah yeah those are the options. We're like, I'm gonna have an opener, or else you have to watch a film. He had
1: an opener after that, so the oh whole gi- the God. whole gig ended up being like three it, like, and a half five hours, hours long. It was crazy. How long was the film? An hour and a half. An hour and a half. Yeah, and it felt like fucking five. Jesus, it was awful film. That's mad. Anyway, fuck Adam Green. Yeah, fuck him. And kind, Ky- no, don't uh, don't fuck Kyle Mooney. But no, um, no, he's fine. He's fine. But I wonder if like Kyle Mooney.
0: So I don't watch SNL particularly. I've seen a few sketches uh, over the last ten years or so, but I've, uh, i don't want to shit on Kyle Mooney, but it kind of feels like that's is a strong example of the route that SNL went down of yes. like a meek performer who's completely fine but so inoffensive. We all we, we when we when we wanted Shane Gillis, <laughs> we get
1: Kyle Mooney's. It's strange as well because Michael Shea is still on that show. Yeah. And he's a, he's a good stand-up. I he's mean, a great stand-up. He's, he's, a good, he's a good funny guest on podcasts. He's clearly I've a good writer. as well. Yeah, Very yeah. funny on
0: social media. Or he has to nuke his social media every so often because of the fights he gets into.
1: Yeah, yeah. But I mean, but there he is over at SNL. Um, which he's is, the
0: head writer at SNL. That's right, yeah.
1: So, yeah. But like, it's, I mean, it's been a long time since I've watched it. When I say long, like two or three years. But even the, then, I would say it was fairly weak sauce. I've never watched the
0: entire show. I've just watched uh, Clipson. Sketches, and yeah. On like that. Anyway, there's not much to be... That's about it. Say, Brigsby Bear, I like the people involved. I have no ill will against this. It's just disappointing that it takes a strong premise and then doesn't have the balls to see it through. Do you know what was the strong premise?
1: What? SNL Star Vehicle. It was a strong premise. Well, well hey, on. listen, this <laughs> film is
0: well-received and I've seen it recommended all the time, but... I think it's recommended by people that want just a nice forgettable experience. They're like, here's a film with almost no conflict, with a dark premise, mm. and yet it's quite positive, it's sentimental and doesn't it doesn't ask anything of you. I don't know, I
1: was just into stuff like this when I like I was into anything that wasn't quite mainstream. I'd find right. in the in the in the blockbuster and take it home on and I it. and it yeah. wasn't until uh, years later when I realized, "Oh no, wait a minute." massive vehicles like heat is where I'm at. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't like these like and I'll still enjoy like, OK, somebody like Noah Baumbach can manage the quirks of a lo-fi sort of a film much better than what what you see here. And I really, really David enjoy McCary. his films. Um, but that's just a, such a big balancing act. Uh, Taika Waititi is pretty good at it as well, too, I suppose.
0: He was a, his character in Free Guy was mm. one of the most annoying characters that I've seen in anything of late. Like really? Why? Yeah. He plays like a New Zealander, and he's just like a kind of dickhead uh, software boss. Like
1: oh, a, yeah. I have heard this, actually. He's really, the villain, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the villain in the film. He's, he's not likable at all, which is really strange because you're like, it's Taika. Everyone loves him. Yeah, yeah. It's the worst I've ever seen him. you but well, I, I think it was just, again, it's like the example, one example of some of the poor writing. And he's making guy. his
1: Star Wars movies now.
0: Nice. Yeah, yeah, he can do whatever he wants, which is a nice Kind movie. of, yeah. I mean, his own films are great. I just yeah. I worry sometimes when I see him in other people's work. Very much. it can be not the best. Anyway, I guess that's about it for Brigsby Bear. Shall we move into the criteria and the toss pick?
1: Let's do it.
0: So, uh, enemy of the show, John Spillan, instructed us to choose a film from our native land. So I had to choose a Scottish film. You had to choose an Irish film. That is correct. I'll go first. I chose uh, Outlaw King, ah, directed by David McKenzie. Is that his name? Is it
1: David McKenzie that that did that?
0: What's his name? The guy who made Hell or High Water. Did he
1: make uh, Outlaw King? Oh, yeah, big time. Okay, for some reason I thought it was uh, uh, the guy who directed uh, Animal Kingdom.
0: No, yeah, it was uh, yeah, David Mackenzie. Oh no, that's David Michaud. He did, yeah, David Michaud. David, David Michaud. It wasn't <laughs> David
1: Michaud. <laughs> David Michaud did the other one with Timothy Chalamet. Yeah,
0: um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Outlaw King. I've been meaning to see. It's one of Robert the Bruce, right? It is. Yeah, I must. I must oh, check that. But, out but not. At some point. But not a fat Robert the Bruce. I think he's a. This is a, a trim one. Yeah, this uh, during lockdown I went to some of the filming locations for the first time because i had to walk around edinburgh so um yeah one of the major film one of the major i believe where they filmed a lot of the scenes is a is a, a castle in edinburgh and I, I went there for the first time was it During nice? Lockdown. Yeah, it's crazy. It's in it's in it's like a beautiful old castle surrounded by some of the roughest housing estates in the city. <laughs> it's <laughs> really weird. <laughs> it, that's why I'd never been there before because it's like really rough neighborhoods and then there's oh, this like, yeah, I don't know, 16th century castle in the middle of it. And that it does uh, say a lot about Scotland and Edinburgh.
1: I'm g- going to Well, if I win, we'll get around to um, an Irish film I've been meaning to get around to for ages. Um, Sort of an Irish western set near the end of the uh, potato famine called Black 47. Okay. Ever heard of it? Nope. No, no. It was a big hit in Ireland. Not much. It didn't do much sauce anywhere else, but. Nice. Yeah, there we go. You got a coin? I do.
0: Let's go for this big bad 50. Uh, One side is 50 and one side is uh, Brandenburg Gate. So 50 or gate.
1: Uh Gate. It is Gate. Hey, forty seven with Hugo Weaving. There we go. Oh nice. Okay.
0: Where, when is this film from? Uh I'm gonna say twenty seventeen. Alright, so it's recent. I just haven't heard of this at all.
1: Twenty eighteen.
0: Okay. In fact, yeah. Uh, it was a
1: big deal in Ireland, uh you know, nice. first like uh sort of a you know a famine film with a sort of an action anti-english premise that's going to be a big deal in ireland <laughs> <laughs> listen i have no problem with to that. see the irish version of white people in spike lee movies is love all it. i'll say
0: i love it i'm on board and that's why it's called black 47 Correct. <laughs> <laughs> it's just mostly people blacking up for it's a 47 minute film of people in blackface First... i look forward to it would you like to hear the criteria for next time
1: oh yeah Go so
0: out of respect for uh, vigil which I finished recently. Mm-hmm. I know you'll be a fan of this criteria. My criteria is it must be a film that's set at sea.
1: Boat movies, <laughs>
0: yes. It can be. It just, I've, I've said at sea. I want that to be anything vaguely maritime. It can be whatever you want. Oh, I think just I know what I'm going something, for. Something, something sea related. Yes, that's it. It just needs a connection in, like, to Flynn. Sea. Okay, that's it. I've got nothing more to say that's your criteria i knew you would like that one
1: neither do i i gotta get home i got a sick lady to take care of oh yeah 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 this is why the time was tight um you
0: mean sick as in like she's like wicked awesome yeah, <laughs> yeah she's, she's at she's... home
1: listening to skrillex doing the nice. cleaning um that's good news right yeah yeah but um i love you and uh oh uh Hopefully, we'll get to do a midnight mass one of these as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Really everyone like to watch do. midnight
0: mass. I'm going to watch midnight mass. So do 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 do. Um,
1: I've got um, I got a whole. Uh, whole I got a whole too. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye.